Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. Welcome to a very special bonus edition of Ministry of Slam here this uh, lovely weekend and uh, with the return of the National Wrestling Alliance to prominence this weekend with NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis uh, defending his NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. We thought it appropriate to uh, bring you something special. Now this was an interview that I did with Nick Aldis last summer. We were right in the middle of lockdown. I decided to start up my own new podcast. We only lasted one episode but hey we thought we'd bring it over to you and uh, let you guys hear it because not too many people have heard this interview uh my podcast was going to be called schmozcast how cool is that um so here we go this is the interview with nwa world's heavyweight champion nick aldis from about nine months ago uh make sure you check out the nwa this weekend and make sure you also check out ministry of slam every sunday ministry of slam.co.uk and you can watch our live show live on twitch download the podcast Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. All of our social media is on there as well. Uh, check it out. It's awesome. I'm sure you'll love it. But in the meantime, here is last summer's interview with NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis. So we have our very first guest for the first interview in uh, in Schmodcast, his Schmozcast, I should say, history. I can't even say the name of the podcast. Um, I'm so excited about it. And when you launch a new podcast, we're trying to build a brand new following. You've got to start out with uh, the cream of the crop. You've got to start off with someone who is the absolute pinnacle of his game. That's why for our first ever interview here on Schmozcast, we have the man who is currently... And uh, we'll, we'll get a clarification on the number because it's going up day by day, especially at the moment. Here's the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Nick Aldis. And uh, thanks very much, Nick, for, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Lee. And I'm sorry, I, I'm going to I'm going to going to stop you right there. I don't think I'm going to be able to offer any clarification because I have no idea what the total number of days is at this point. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, you can say that in the ring, can't you? you know, you've lost count of how many days it is now because it's been so long. Um, yeah. Honestly, I put a thing. I, I had a I had some merchandise come out to sell to celebrate the 500 days, um, you know, consecutive on the second reign. And, that, and the only reason I was aware of that was because there was a, there's a number of very dedicated NWA fans that I'm very, very grateful to that, that uh, keep me updated with all that kind of stuff. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, the, the good thing, Rob Gronkowski, I know, has been uh, doing his thing all over social media. No one can challenge him for his title because of uh, social distancing. And, uh, you know, you, this is, uh, you know, drastically helping your cause and getting that number right out there. Yeah, I know. We, we joked about that. Where I said, you know, the, the, the likelihood at this point looks like I'm going to hold it for two years straight, which in the modern <laughs> era seems like, un, you know, is unheard of. Um, but, you know, it looked... I yeah I, obviously I take it all with a pinch of salt. It's um it, to me it, I like, when I inducted uh when I say inducted when I presented Dory Funk Jr. with the Luthers Award at the Cauliflower Alley last year. Um, one of the things I talked about was, you know, the having the having a title is kind of like basically just being. Uh, well, it, it's exactly that. It's a title, but it's it's a it's almost like um being in a position where you're 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 kind of clarified as the 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 most likely person to help 
sort of be the to, to be in the main event or to be the the driving force of the promotion right mm. and you know and my, my i was saying it at the time as a way to lead into the fact that dory held it for four and a half years you know <laughs> and 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 you know basically the point i was trying to make was he would he he didn't hold it for four and a half years just because they felt like it was better for the title for it to not change hands. You know, if that, it was the fact that he was able to do good business with it for that long. And so, you know, for me, the, the NWA, you know, if, 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 if it wasn't working and it was, and, and we didn't feel like I was the best person for the, for the job, you know, then, then that would change. And fortunately for me, I guess, you know, I've done enough work and continue to do more work to, to help keep growing the brand and, growing the credibility of the championship and it's it's like it's a nice feeling to know that there's not that many people who are sort of sick and tired of it yet obviously there's always going to be you know wrestling fans favorite word is should you know so and so should should be champion so and so should get a title shot so and so should be you know the top guy you know so and so should get a push it's, it's, it's it should everything should you know so it's like a, there's always people that think oh i can't believe you're still a champion but for the most part it's it, it seems like the the, the the overall sort of um, the overall sentiment with the audience seems to be that you know they like me as the world champion so that's that's a good feeling. Absolutely, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I was going to move on to the NWA a little bit later on in the interview, but as as we're on the topic now, is you know, good a time as any. And talking about that championship, um, one of the things you know, a lot of people who are listening to this have obviously got a lot of free time on their hands at the moment. Um, it'd be remiss of ourselves not to not to talk about the ten pounds of gold series um, on the NWA's YouTube channel, and it's an absolute phenomenal series. Um, and <laughs> the the way I was trying to think about how I would refer to it when we were were doing this interview and it's as if the kind of the star of of the show is the championship belt and the the kind of leading man in it is whoever's the champion at any given time so it's it's uh it, you know it's about the championship rather than the champion in in some respects yeah. and um you know yeah. an absolutely phenomenal series oh thank you yeah and and i, I honestly i we 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 we're we're blown away by the response to NWA power. You know, we just are, I mean, like we, we were, we were so pleased that it, especially that first episode was so well received and it's like blown past half a million views at this point. I think we're somewhere in the, in the 600s now, 600,000 mm -hmm. views sort of range for that, that first episode. And I think all of us look back at that first episode of power as this really sort of really pivotal sort of moment for the, for the company It's sort of a real best foot forward sort of moment. Um, but, it was it, to me like the 10 pounds of gold series is still kind of our baby, you know, like that's yeah. the, you know, that the, because it was, yeah, we, I mean, the way it was, the way it was born was just so organic, you know, and I'm actually in the process of writing a book now called 10 pounds of bold, uh, basically covering the sort of the, the you know, the whole journey. And, you know, basically it's because I, because I think the whole story is quite interesting for people about how, you know the nwa as a brand uh and and as a, you know and the title were sort of both you know kind of on life support and at the same time so was my career my career was kind of in a very low point as well so it was like somehow between the two of us we were able to resurrect each other you know yeah. and and i think that's a that, because it's it's a it's an age-old question of like you know does the does the man make the championship or does the championship make the man and in this case it's absolutely both you know there is no way to there is no way to say that one made the other or, or vice versa because 
both were in, you know, both <laughs> were, it, were, were not in a particularly strong position at the time. And through, and, you know, through, through a, a, a great collection, you know, a great amount of ingredients, we made this recipe that just made people go, ah, I like that. That's different. That's interesting. <laughs> and, you know, we just, we, we, that, that's just the way it is sometimes, you know, serendipity and, you know, right place, right time. And between David Lagana, Billy Corgan, Tim Storm and myself, we found this sort of magical combination that, that, that just sort of grabbed people's attention, but I'll, I'll touch on it sort of you know, cliff notes version because I, like I said I'm I'm really I really go into the weeds in it in the book but it was it was just a, a case of David calling me because we'd worked together at TNA and you know yeah. obviously knew each other well and basically saying what are you doing you know like first of all why aren't you in WWE and second of all like why aren't you doing anything else like why don't I see you anywhere like why why, why am I not hearing your name like what you know you're 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 just reaching your peak like I don't understand and I basically said, I don't understand either, you know, <laughs> so, you know, and it was just like, and I just, I'd grown very disenchanted with, with the business. And I said, look, I just, I feel, I, I just, I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. And I feel like the whole business, you know, and this is in 2017, which, which is, it's funny because we're in 2020 now and 2017 feels like a lifetime ago, yeah. you know, but it, but it's like, I'm, I'm talking about it. So, you know, like back in, back in 2017, <laughs> You know, but it's but it really was so different, you know, like the, the whole landscape. And I, at the time we were going, God, the landscape's really shifting, you know, but it wasn't it hadn't really shifted yet. It was just it was still in that sort of shifting phase. But I remember in 2017 kind of saying, you know, the whole emphasis of the business just seems to be on wrestling matches happening in a ring, you know, as I could turn on any device any day of the week and I could see a really good match, like a really, like a really good high impact athletic match with a dive and 10 false finishes. And, you know, these sort of very choreographed intricate high spots. And, you know, this is awesome. This is awesome. And, you know, suplex each other on our heads and, you know, drop each other on the apron to hurt each other. You know, because I could see it every day of the week, you know, between NXT, NXT and new Japan and ring of honor and, you know, all the, all the indies that were really blowing up, you know, like, not just PWG, but like in England, obviously, like you know, Progress and ICW and RevPro, and you know, it was it was kind of this this just this like the what had once been or it was a bit like alternative music. It was like alter what once was alternative music was now the mainstream, right? Yeah, it's now yeah. it's it's now it's now pop music, you know. Um, and I just kind of went. I feel like a guy who, you know, I had dedicated my life to rock and roll. And now everybody's playing grunge, you know, or mm. I de- or I was a guy who dedicated my life to learning ballroom dancing and now everybody's break dancing. You know what I mean? And I was kind of like where I don't I have I have this skill set, but no one seems to want to see it. No one seems to give a shit. And when I sort of described this feeling to Dave um, and then said, look, I'm not a boxing fan. But, but I am a boxing fan, but I'm not a diehard boxing fan, I should say. Like, I'm not a boxing aficionado. Right. But but I but I will I'm about to buy two pay-per-views in the space of a month, one being Mayweather and McGregor because of the spectacle and the personalities and the way they'd sold that fight. And the other was Canelo and Triple G because they'd both been sold in completely different ways, but both very, very effective. Mm. You know, and I said, look, one's one is all about the bravado and it's it's flair and dusty, you know, like Mayweather and McGregor is flair and dusty. These two over the top flamboyant you know, guys bragging about how much money they make and how, you know, how, how, what their lifestyles are like and how one is, I'm, I'm better than you. No, you're better than me. Okay. Prove it. You know, blah, blah, blah. 
trying to outdo the other in this sort of alpha male kind of uh you know pissing contest i said the other one the other one you know canelo and triple g that's that's like savage steamboat almost you know or something like that it's like these two guys who are like we are the best at this right now like we are the best fighters we're in our prime like and 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 we're going to finally face each other and and nobody could decide and and canelo you know canelo had been this sort of golden child from mexico who was sort of you know been you know been found like from the age of a you know from a teenager and was like this you know savior of a nation and just you know had this sort of tremendous sort of uh, commercial success and then there's triple g who's like this you know 30 years 30 years old and he's a grinder you know he's this grafter he's been fighting all over europe making some money but never really cracking like that huge money never getting these giant endorsements and you know getting these big money fights and never being able to never never getting any interest in america finally gets america and is just blasting people left and right and everyone's going holy shit where'd this guy come from and suddenly it's like these two guys are going to fight, you know, and it's like the, the way that they were, they were two fights that were sold a month apart completely differently. And I was absolutely buying both of them. And I said, why is it that boxing is getting me to part with, you know, 150 bucks or something in the space of a month for two pay-per-views and, you know, wrestling's not doing this, you know, I say like they're, they're taking all the things that, that pro wrestling invented and they're doing it better. You know, and I said, like, why are we just having guys in black trunks and black boots go out and wrestle a match in a ring? Like, what's happened? You know, what's happened to our business? Like, our whole business is supposed to be about razzmatazz and, and you know, building anticipation to this can't-miss moment, this showdown between two giant personalities. That's what pro wrestling is. The whole point of pro wrestling is that we're supposed to give you Rocky every night. Yeah. yeah. You know, and and... I basically finished articulating this thought and I got off the phone with Dave and immediately my phone rang again and it was Billy and Billy basically said, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Like, like, you know, I'm complete, like I completely agree with what you're saying. And I, I'm, you know, Billy has a, a, a tremendous, you know, respect for, for the business, but also has been a huge fan of it since he was a kid. I mean, he, you know, he grew up in Chicago, so he's, he grew up with, with, you know, Dick the bruiser and the crusher and, you know, Mad Dog Vashon and all these, you know, these, these like the completely different sort of presentation to what it is now. And he said, look, I, I, I like all the different styles of wrestling and the mm-hmm. same. So, so do I, by the way, I, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing any of those things I was talking about, but I was just saying, when, when did it become that? Like, that's all we're, that's all we have to have now. Yeah. We have, we just, every match has to be like that now. And I said, you know, and, and Billy made the remark that, you know, people stopped going to the circus once they took the elephants away. You know, and and it's like yeah, that's true. You know, and it's like yeah. a, again, not I'm not not trying to upset any animal rights people because I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they did that, but it's like that's kind of that was what that's what drew a lot of regular people, a lot of casual fans it was like, I just want to see that, just the spectacle, you know. And and he, you know, Billy very very plainly said, uh, I like all wrestling, but I'm kind of sick and tired of watching my next door neighbors do gymnastics. And <laughs> I kind of said, yep, I, I'm kind of sick of that too. So then we, so then we started putting the wheels in motion for the NWA and the 10 pounds of gold series was kind of born out of that because I, I showed them the things that had drawn me to these boxing fights. And then it also, and it basically said, look, we can, you know, if we can get a ring and we can get, we can get a bunch of wrestlers and we can put a bunch of matches on and that's fine, but we're not going to be, how's that going to be any different to anybody else? You know, mm. uh, whereas 
with we had the ability to do this right now you know we had the ability to to take two guys you know and and all credit to them they were the ones who who met tim storm and instead of just taking the you know instead of just stripping him of the title and just kind of starting again which a lot of people thought they would do they kind of they called me and said look i don't you know we never we don't know this guy I don't think you know him either. We, you know, don't really know much about him. But when we went to meet him, there's just something about this guy. That he, there's just such, something so genuine and authentic about this guy. He's such a man's man. He's so, you know, he's so humble and so, such a white meat baby face in a world where everybody's trying to be like cocky and cool and like anti-hero and stuff. And he's like, we just, you know, and Billy and Dave just had a hunch, and and they so they they uh, they shot some stuff with Tim. And they sent it to me and I watched it and just went, oh, my God. I mean, I was just I was salivating at the idea of working with him just because I was like, wow, that's such a genuinely likable guy. Like I can so easily be the antagonist in this <laughs> situation, you know, and that because, again, that's the way I look at things is like, OK, what's going to sell tickets? You know, not right, like, oh, that's not going to be a good match. You know, like who cares? Like who's what's gonna what's gonna what's gonna grab people on an emotional level and and that's and that's sort of how the ten pounds of gold series came. But like, had 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 we not had Tim, had we not had me, you know, had we not had Dave willing to to, you know, drive all over the country shooting all this stuff and tirelessly editing it and you know and putting it out, you know, we we would never have made the strides we did in such a short period of time. And I mean, you know, it it just it just it it caught people's attention within two or three episodes and suddenly it was like oh cody's cody's interested in working with you and you know <laughs> cody's got well you know there's this show all in and you know it was like it just became by the time it got to that it was like everyone was like oh yeah that's the match like that's the match that has to happen and it's like i think people forget that you know we had been we had we'd been putting out stuff for like less than a year at that point and yeah and by and and yet we by the time it got to uh, whatever it was April or May of eighteen, people were like, "Oh yeah, that's the match that has to happen." I was I was going to actually mention All In because I think again, as you said, with with you being available at the right time and the and Billy with the NWA and uh, everything kind of came together at the right time. Very similar with All In. I mean, All In was um, you know they were kind of lacking that you know that big fight. Um, match that they needed to, to really sell the pay-per-view and to build a load of stories behind and you know at the same time you came in and I think yeah you know it, it was was great exposure for for you for the NWA and for the championship but also yes. it provided a lot of legitimacy for all in like oh my god we've got a world heavyweight championship match on right. a yeah. on a card which isn't necessarily done by any one company it's just bits and bobs here and there and I think one of the things that really made it and it's going to sound like I'm blowing smoke now but when you came out and and some of the promos that you'd done before being so kind of confident and you know, as you'd said, you know, no one really even knew who the NWA champion was maybe five years ago. The belt was floating around and no one really knew who it was. But you came out and you're like, hell yeah, I'm the NWA champion. And you had this confidence and, you know, you made the belt, the belt made you and it just looked like a proper presentation. And there was some there was some sort of backbone behind the championship. And that's what really right. gave it that 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 sort of um, that impact, I think. Yeah. Well, again, it was it was a lot of serendipity because, you know, the Cody at the time had done a tremendous amount of work to get himself hot. And because of that, it was, it just, you know, it was, it was again, uh, perfect timing because 
the one thing that we had that you know that, that you could never take away from the nwa was the lineage you know mm. and the history and one of the smart moves that they made right from the beginning was to try it was to get a hold of some of the rights for the houston footage which is some of the only remaining footage that's not owned by wwe that that you know that showcases like the 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 most legendary sort of former nwa champions so mm. just with these few small pieces of you know these these handful of clips that we were able to to find in this you know in this sort of mountain of of old houston wrestling footage we were able to get like the funks and dusty and rick flair and you know jack briscoe all these guys with the title so we could just continuously you know hit that point home with people that it's like yes like remember just remember what this is this is the stanley cup this is the fa cup mm -hmm. this is the world cup you know what i mean this is the, like this is the same trophy right it's the it's it's never changed it's it's this iconic image you know that's that, that unites generations of fans and obviously because dusty was such a uh, such a sort of such an iconic holder of the title it suddenly created this thing where, and i think they just kind of caught people off guard where they went oh wow like that is really cool to think that Cody could win this title on this giant stage, you know, and, you know, and, and it was this, I think Cody said in one of the, I think he said in one of the 10 pounds of gold pieces, he said it was a bridge to the, you know, a bridge to all the, you know, uh, to the past, the, you know, to, to when things were done right. And it was yeah. a bridge to the future where we could do things right again, you know, and it was, he did it. He did so much, you know, we, we are uh, we we had so much chemistry we have so much chemistry it was like we never really had to we never really needed to to communicate with each other as far as like what we said and did leading up to that everything was just instinctive and i think people could feel that and you know it, it's it's the, the championship is made two different ways it's made by the by the quality of the of the guy holding it and also of the quality of the people that want it you know, yes. and, and through, you know, by, by, by Cody sort of declaring, you know, on this giant stage that he, you know, cause he could have, you know, he could, he had his veritable pick of any, any, you know, probably at that point could have picked any, any wrestler not under contract to WWE in the world, you know, to, mm. to wrestle with on that show and they would have accepted. And, you know, he was the one who decided he wanted to challenge for the, you know, for the title and we made it work. And it was like, by the time we got there, you know, and, and again, so credit to Cody for that, but also credit to me because he understood that I was the best person for him to have his moment with, you know, yeah. he needed, he needed me as much as I needed him. And that is, that that's, that's really the, 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 the thing that's lacking in, in a lot of the business now is that, is that sort of putting your ego to one side and understanding like, okay, you need me and I need you, you know, like, let's, like, I, you know, a lot, a lot of the time it's all about like, oh, well, so-and-so wants him to get over. So he's going to, you know, it's all about agendas and who wants so-and-so to succeed and who's got big plans for this person and who wants it. Oh, well, you know, well, they want, I mean, we've, we've dealt with it a lot with the NWA since All In, you know, where, oh, well, you know, because we were promised a lot of stuff, you know, coming out of that. Like we were promised a, a title match at Madison Square Garden. And then by the time we got to that show, it didn't happen. You know, because and, and and again, you you've got to think that it's because certain people didn't like the fact that we were upstaging, you know, their championships and stuff. And 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 what we've always done is like put all that bullshit to the side and been like, what do the fans want? You know, and we proved it all in. Like we were the main event of that show. Like we were the true main event of that show. And and like you said, and, I'm, and I appreciate you recognizing it. That show would have been a good show. 
without without our match on it but it but it wouldn't have had that same it wouldn't it would it would have been really lacking that one major emotional moment and it would have been it would have been a very different show. when you compare that show to a wwe show for example the one if if our match hadn't been on that show i think the one thing people would have said about all in compared to a wwe show would have been well you know there was there was no real moment you know there was no real sort of it was all a bit of a sort of big party you know it was all a big like pat ourselves on the back like look at this we've got an arena full of people let's all have these killer matches ours was the one where people really cared about who won and like really cared about the significance of it you know i mean it's it's a moment i'll never i'll never forget just because to me you know being able to have 11,000 people standing and and applauding at the bell you know, at the start of the match, you know, for the antagonist, that's my pop. You know what I mean? Like that's the, because that's, that's my big pop is, is because it was, because it was, it was this sort of acknowledgement from the audience of like, look, we appreciate that you've played your part here. You know, like you've done, like you've done your part to sort of get us to this moment. And we're so swept up by the work you know that that you've all done to create this moment and we're just we're so happy to you know what i mean it was just you could i could feel all that communication from the audience in that yeah. moment like they were basically saying like we are just we're so glad that you did it like this and we we're here for you you know what i mean like we we are with this 100% and like i mean i i Cody if you look back especially at the 10 pounds of gold that covered it cuz Dave you know Dave shot some stuff close up and there's a moment where Cody almost he almost loses it. I mean, he almost loses like his emotion almost gets the better of him. And I and I write, but you can't really you can't see it very clearly. But there's a moment where I'm kind of I make it look like I'm right before we shake hands after that moment. I I'm like, get your shit together, let's go. You know what I mean? Like like not you know not in a not in an aggressive way, but just like having fun with it. Come on, like you know, like I was like, come on, let's like pull yourself together let's do something you know, let's get to work you've got to enjoy the emotion but you've, you've still yeah, got a job yeah, to yeah. do like pull yourself together like, we, we've got them you know what i mean like we've like <laughs> that's, that's the, let me tell you that's the best feeling in the world in our business is knowing when you've got them you know like mm. that's because I've, I've had i've had way more times where i've walked out and nobody's give a shit than than i have of the opposite you know so when you have a moment like that where you're like yes we have they are one they are in the palm of our hands here you know what i mean like we could have done anything in that in that match and and they would have been with it but we were just like right now we've got to you know it's a privilege to have that you know so it's like once you get them in that moment it's like okay now you've got to now you've got to see it through and you've got to make that you know you've got to pay it off to them yeah you make the most of it absolutely yeah. um we could do we could talk for hours about the nwa and and, and what's coming up I'll, I'll close off this little area of the of the interview just by saying that um obviously power is coming back to youtube i believe it's tuesday may the 12th 605 eastern yeah and it, it's um, just one episode i hate i just i don't want i don't i don't i don't want to be misleading with that okay. it's, it's we, we had one we had one we had one episode left before you know before things got crazy and mm-hmm. um it was a superpower episode, so it was a sort of feature length, almost like a Clash of Champions style show. You know, it was okay. like a, a longer feature length episode of Power, and we had been reluctant to put it out because uh, obviously most of the most of the stuff in the episode is sort of leading to the Crockett Cup pay per view, which was mm-hmm. you know was going to be you know the, the big rematch between Marty Skrull and I, and you know we we were just we were very we were kind of like, do we put this out? because nobody because obviously we're not we can't deliver that pay-per-view now uh you know do we 
or you know d- does it does it even make sense is it going to mislead the audience are they going to be disappointed and stuff and it, and it basically over time we've sort of just come to the conclusion like look there was just some really good stuff in that episode and the you know we we want people to see it and we want people to understand it so uh it's my understanding that like billy will record a short message at the beginning of that episode basically a disclaimer kind of saying look you know we understand that some of this is going to be a bit confusing because it's going to be leading to a show that's no longer happening but you know we wanted you to see it and enjoy it and you know there's 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 a lot more to come kind of thing excellent good stuff well, again uh, youtube.com forward slash nwa uh 605 uh eastern 1105 in the uk well worth staying up for and, and checking out so uh, uh definitely have a look if you haven't seen power before it'll be well worth um some of your time um Nick, obviously, we've talked a lot about the NWA and, and, and the belt and everything. Be remiss of us not to talk about the interesting times that we're in at the moment. Obviously, uh, I don't quite know if, what the restrictions are where you are. But in the UK at the moment, we're still very, very much locked down. Um, how are you guys uh, surviving in, in these times? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, we, I, I really I really try to be careful when I talk about how, you know, how we're coping because because we are you know we're in this in 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 this particular situation we are very privileged you know and and i and i try not to lose sight of that you know we're we're my wife and i we're both still being paid and you know we 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 don't have any concerns uh you know in that in that area which i know for most people is you know for a lot of people is is a primary concern and probably consuming every minute of their day so i'm uh, so you know I I, I want to make this point, especially today, because it's VE day. Mm. But you know, it's. <laughs> I hope that I hope that a lot of people who are sort of who are busy, you know, running their mouths about civil rights and human rights and mm. all this sort of business. Oh, we should be ta- you know this lockdown should be lifted. You know, is it's unconstitutional or it's this or it's that or you know just simply because they're bored and they want to you know and and they don't like being at home all the time. I, I'd love them to you know go on Netflix and watch some of these some of the World War Two documentaries that are on there and you know and just understand like t- today of all days on you know 75th anniversary of VE Day that that a great number of people particularly you know not just not we're not talking about we're not talking about countries that no one's heard of you know where where Mm -hmm. awful things happening all the time and it's easy for people to just sort of look the other way we're talking about you know for a lot of us our grandparents or great-grandparents who for you know six years were dealing with you know i mean unbelievable unforeseen circumstances right rationing and cover you know having to duck and cover and you know i mean the blitz i mean the london uh, london not not any city london the capital was bombed every night for 50 nights in a row mm. you know parents putting their children on trains to you know off to the countryside because they thought well the likelihood is we're going to die so i'd rather my kids were at least safe you know and kids having to leave their parents to go and live in the countryside not knowing if they'll ever see them again that's hardship that people you know, civilians who are volunteering to to take their civilian vessels across the English Channel, fishing boats, and you know, and, and leisure boats, volunt- people volunteering to take them under enemy fire across the English Channel to go and pick up our wounded soldiers and bring them home. That's hardship. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like having to stay inside and watch Netflix is not hardship. <laughs> and, you know, I just it's it, it, I think today, especially, you know, I hope that people take a moment to really sort of think back and appreciate like what the difference is between, uh, you know, common sense and, and true hardship being forced on you by, you know, by by sort of the, the absurdity of the human condition. And this is not that this is a this is a t- terrible unforeseen you know circumstance obviously and and that i'm sure that over time we're going to learn some pretty unsettling things about this virus in terms of its origin and stuff like that but ultimately it's a deadly virus that really does really does a number on you i mean i don't it's it we're not talking about we're not talking about like a tickly throat i mean we're talking about people getting respirators shoved down their throats and you know with having permanent breathing difficulties for the rest of their lives like after you know even if they survive and all these you know it, it's a it's a it's a rotten disease that you really don't want to get and it's like i just i hope that people just kind of just get over themselves a little bit and 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 just realize that this is going to it feels like a, it feels like an eternity now but in the grand scheme of things it will pass and we'll take care of it but but you know, we've got to exercise common sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in years to come, people won't look at it as, oh, my God, what a, what a horrible time. People will look back at it as I got to spend some valuable time with my family. I was still getting paid the majority of my wages. Absolutely. Um, you know, if I got bored, that was the worst thing that happened. You know, it's uh, right. Uh, right. And, and as I said, something that I just wanted to wanted to end off with. I, I know you're you're a busy guy at the moment. You've got other other meetings and things to get to. Of course, you're the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You know, the busy guy. So uh, we're, I'm going to finish off with it with a story as we, we talk about uh, family. I think the last time I saw you, Nick, was uh, was in London. I think it was it must have been 2011, maybe October, November. Um, and I think you were over doing some uh, some promotion for TNA uh, at the time. You were with Mickey. And uh, I think I, I caught up with both of you at the time for a, for a quick chat. And uh, at the time, we just found out that my wife was pregnant. Huh. And uh, what, an interesting bit of trivia is that uh, Mickey randomly in the interview, we were talking about family and, you know, I think probably life after wrestling and, and how it ends and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Mickey was the first person outside of my family that I told that I was going to be expecting a child on the way. And, yeah. uh, do you know, my little boy, every time Mickey comes on the on the TV, I said, oh, that's uh, that, that's Mickey. She's the first person I told that you were you were coming along. And it's such a random that's bit great. of trivia, but he loves it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. I thought you were I thought that was I thought you were heading to. Oh, and Mickey said she's never going to have kids. <laughs> she used to joke about that. We used to talk about it. She'd be like, oh, I don't I know I'm not having kids. I, I can't deal with that. Uh, you know, and, and then obviously that that didn't happen. But I, I, I thought I thought for when you when you said the timeline is that 2011, I thought, yeah, that was that was around the time where she was still she was still steadfast on. Uh, I'm, I'm not having kids. I'm having kids. a couple of years later. Like, whoops. <laughs> Well, out of every negative comes a positive, so it's uh, it's all yeah, good, and sure. here we are. And you're, and you're right, Lee. Uh, you're, you're right because uh, one one thing I've noticed here in 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 the states is, uh, I've you know, we're, uh, you know, my son is five, and you know, he's right at that age where he's sort of riding a bike now. And he's mm. you know, he's playing with you know, he's sort of starting to show interest in sports and stuff like that. So we're outside all day. And I and I look around and I'm seeing all these families with their kid, the parents and these kids outside, 
playing and you know playing games and playing sports and you know doing activities and stuff and i and i do hope that that's one of the things that people take away from all this is like wow it really it sort of it 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 reignited um you know the the sort of the family values that i think perhaps a lot of us had had started to take for granted with with all the spe- the time we spend looking at screens or you know doing sort of a lot of a lot of tasks that don't really that don't really nourish the mind you know they're just they're just sort of just keeping us ticking over or just um i mean i could really get into the weeds on this because i've done a lot of deep dive into sort of dopamine addictions and stuff like that where mm. i think like one of the reasons why people lo- love looking at screens so much is because it's this instant fix of dopamine constantly like oh somebody liked my picture oh somebody commented on my picture somebody said this somebody said you know and it's just this sort of attention thing and it's a, it's a dopamine release and it's like <laughs> So I try to do a dopamine detox once a week now where I don't look at my screen or I don't, you know, so then I, and I, I, you know, focus my time on being productive rather than sort of having that temptation all the time of like, you know, looking at stuff that doesn't really have any long term residual value to you, you know, in your life. But I do. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that a lot. And, and Mickey and I say it a lot. We you see people when we go, God, look at that. You know, there's this, this families going on walks together or like walking their dog or playing, you know, playing Frisbee or playing, you know, playing, you know, uh, playing baseball or something. And it's just like we it's we didn't see that before. And it's mm. and, and we're and we're, and, you know, <clears throat> we're being self-aware, too, and saying we weren't doing that enough. You know, we and, and now we are like now every day we go, hey, you want to build a train track outside or you want to do this? You want to go for a bike ride? You know, which is a it's great you know so it's again like they're, they're like you said you know there are there are positives in all the situations and that's that's the that's the mindset that i hope that that people you know anyone who listens to this tries to come away with is you know apply that there there is an advantage to everything even even what seems to be the most daunting of of circumstances will provide you with some sort of opportunity yeah, yeah, absolutely right. That's great sentiment to to end on, Nick. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on uh, the very first show. Um, I want you guys to stay safe, you know, and enjoy everything um, while you've got the time off. And uh, maybe we'll do this again once uh, NWA is back in uh, in full steam. You're back on the road, and uh, and everything's back to normal. We'll, we'll catch up again. Sounds good. If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.